The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter. But that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Courtney Antonioli. Courtney is a writer and storyteller living in Brooklyn. Courtney talks to me about the marriage and divorce she had with a man 27 years older than her. Not only did she have to make the tough choice of saying goodbye to her best friend, but she had to proclaim the end of that love in a courtroom in front of a bunch of other divorce-seeking couples. This is Courtney's story. Hey, Courtney. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. How's your uh, Monday going? Admittedly, poor. Yeah. <laughs> Just work. All right. That's well, okay. We don't have to get too into that. We can. <laughs> it's it's really just me empathizing for someone else. Where I'm like, ooh, this isn't going to end well for you. Oh yeah, and you have to like feel bad about it because that's how you are as a person. Like I I'm am. like invested in their well being and our collective well being as a yeah, job. As yeah. A... <laughs> it's like part of your job to care about other mm-hmm. people's. It yes. is. Got today it. it is. Cool. Um, well, yeah. What did you uh, want to talk about today? Divorce. Divorce. I did it. I got divorced. Yeah. Married and divorced all before the age of 30. I guess it's good you didn't just get divorced without getting married. Like you did it in the proper order. Isn't it interesting though that it's one of those things that like to to say that you've been divorced automatically implies that you've been married. And it implies like a lot. Like there's a lot. Like it implies a lot of things happen. Yeah. Just by saying that one thing. One. Right. Yeah. One can render like a journey through. I've been divorced. It's like, oh. Things have happened there. Uh, you had, yeah, a lot go on. I did. I was married to a man who's 27 years older than me. Whoa. Yeah. And P.S. I was a step-grandma during that time because he had kids who, when I met him, his oldest daughter was pregnant. Wow. And if I didn't get divorced, I would have a, I would have four step-grandchildren ages 10 to like nine months wow yeah i some may argue dodged a bullet so. <laughs> you're still like not sure where it, where, it, where it lands on that still not sure because i lost and gained some things yeah in that divorce did not gain step-grandchildren lost a relationship yes yeah but it's a lot when you hear it out loud like that yeah that's a, like to, if you just like gave here are the stats the stats <laughs> of my divorce yeah if ESPN just did the numbers. Yeah, like you had the little pop-up of like, Courtney, da-da-da-da-da, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. There's a lot behind all that. Yeah. Where does the story that you wanted to tell kind of begin? Well, really began in Connecticut. I lived in Connecticut when I got fired from a job, and then I got off the wrong floor of an elevator looking for a new job, and I met Peter, and he showed me to the right floor. And I met Peter when I was... 22. Okay. Yeah. And he was obviously so 27 years old. I mean, 49. So he was, Is that yeah. the right math? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he had Coke bottle room glasses and great salt and pepper hair. And he was like 6'2". And I was just a little person who just lost their job and frantic in the world. And I was like, thanks for taking care of me in this hallway. Yeah. Like, oh, it's I could just use any kind of help in the world right now. And you were here. Yeah. Um, But we, yeah, I still lived in Connecticut. And... I subsequently ended up divorced in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. 
So this is also part of the stats. <laughs> it is part of the stats. Yeah, I mean, Peter and I were together for several years and we didn't necessarily get married out of love, that we did love each other. I am a practical person who also believes in health insurance and basic everyday life needs. And he had a job and I obviously didn't at that time, but that's a theme in my life where I do and don't have jobs at times when I need certain I guess in the United States, we might call them luxuries like health insurance. Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, I have to have this yeah. thing that I feel like I should have, but I don't. And yeah. We got, so we got married ostensibly for health insurance, but also we were together for so long and Peter being older and this would be his second marriage. He had two kids, previous marriage in their teens. He was like, well, I'm in this. We've been together I don't think we're going to be breaking up. I want to provide for you. And this is a practical thing that I can provide for you. And we got married on a hill in Southbury. And I wore a big Lebowski t-shirt that said special lady friend. And Peter was really big into the Darwin fish at the time. And he was wearing the Darwin fish shirt. Okay. And uh, his employee did the Justice of the Peace thing, and his friend Steve was there. And then we we went to the gym after. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what to do. Yeah. That's how... That's, that's, that's a fact. Because we went to the gym on Saturdays, and I couldn't miss a gym day. <laughs> yeah, so... so how, and how long were you together when this happened? Five years. Five years. So, yeah, you were, like, you were together. We lived together. I was a step-grandma at that point in time, invested in everything, and Peter and I were best friends. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say that we were the way that, like, magnetism of, like, oh, overpowered with passion and fury and, and emotion. Peter and I were really great partners, and it made sense. Yeah, and, and both of you, like, meant something to each other. We did. Yeah. And after getting divorced, and this is a, a thing that I wrestled with both in therapy and in everyday churnings in the head, that at the time that we got married, I told myself, I was like, we don't need a wedding. Like, Peter's had a wedding, and I'm the kind of person I said to myself, like, I don't need this or I don't want this. Like, that's crazy. And getting divorced has opened up a slice of regret that I wish we had had a wedding. Yeah. There's, there's one photo of us that Steve took and he got framed for us and he gave it to us. And that, besides the divorce in some ways, is the only evidence that it ever occurred, which is a, a strange archaeological dig in the mind. And I'm saddened that I didn't have a wedding. And I worry now that I never will. Like, I... I know that's crazy, Courtney, because you can you can always have a wedding. I've been to plenty of weddings for people who are on third or fourth marriages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just are like, yeah, we're going to throw ourselves a party. And But in my mind, I missed it. Like, I, I wouldn't, I'm sad for that. Yeah, since it was, yeah, even though, yes, you can get married again, but it was like kind of your first, the first chance. And it was like, yeah. oh, I'll just like throw this aside because it doesn't matter. Or you're like telling yourself it doesn't matter. In retrospect, I was telling myself that it didn't matter. And I I don't think 
younger me could have believed that it would matter at some point because I believed yes. I was the yeah, person yeah, yeah. who didn't need that. And I've got a lot of feelings around weddings. Like I'm concerned that I can't have them because I don't know enough people to invite. Yeah, there's that like... There's a lot of stress around that Yeah, I to don't me. want this and that, yeah. For a honeymoon, big air quotes, honeymoon. I'm from Connecticut, so Dave Matthews, this was a big influential yeah. part of my <laughs> my childhood. And I introduced Peter to Dave Matthews, and we went to the um, Atlantic City Dave Matthews like three-day caravan festival as our honeymoon like months later. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't count, Courtney. I don't know. Certain people, I feel like they'd really, that'd be like, my, my first kiss, who's like a good friend of mine still, she... I think she's attended close to 100 Dave Matthews concerts. Oh, I love Dave. Don't and get me wrong. She is. Yeah. But I feel like that would be like, and I think she met her boyfriend, her current boyfriend through at a Dave Matthews concert. So yeah, I feel like their goal is to get like Dave Matthews to marry them. You know? Oh my, that's a great life. Yeah. <laughs> we got VIP tickets. I feel like that maybe yeah. elevated yeah, 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 it slightly. Yeah. yeah it was, a, it was a, was a fancier event. There was food in a tent, <laughs> but I didn't do any of the traditional things that. Yeah. You didn't go on a trip or whatever. Yeah. And, and I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't have known or have felt it until I got divorced. Yeah, because in your mind you were just like, I don't need any of these things. Like I'm happy in this scenario. Barely told anybody. Didn't tell my parents. Wow. Peter actually didn't tell his kids, and that only came out later in couples therapy when I found out that he had told one of them but not the other, without telling me. And that was a whole slice of problems there. But yeah. it, but people really didn't. We didn't have wedding bands. I mean, now that I think about the things that we didn't do, they are outweighing the things that we did. And that has made me sadder post um, yeah. divorce. Just because it was like you did this thing that is like a real thing, but you kind of didn't do it the way that I guess you would have done. Like it was just you kind of ignored the fact that it was actually happening in a way. And just I did. Of, yeah. And I couldn't have predicted the pain, A, because we didn't intend to break up, like that wasn't in that plan, but because I'm a, I'm a person who, who enjoys options and redundancies, that in some ways I think I was mitigating any f potential future pain. It's like, well, if this didn't mean as much, then I wouldn't be as hurt as much later on if something happened, but it turned out that I got that math entirely wrong. There were no wedding photos to throw out except for the yeah. one. I didn't have a dress that I needed to pack up. There was no, oh, these were the gifts that your mother gave us. And how do we split this up? Because there technically is very little evidence. Yeah, you were just keeping yourself like disconnected from it all to kind of like protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. and that um, does not work. Yeah, well, it also feels like you know, the fact, like, look, I'm sure, like, looking back on this now, the fact that you were doing all that, there was probably some signs of, like, maybe this isn't the best scenario, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah. it's probably easier to see that now. But at that time, you were just like, oh, this is, I'm cool. This is, like, carefree, it's easy. the thing I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and then we went on with life. And, and part of it, I think, is, like, we're both very practical people. And in some ways... We'd already lived together. We already did so many things that there wasn't, oh, now we have to combine yeah. our lives. Like, it was just the next day. That's why the gym felt like such a, yeah. a logical. Like, the biggest thing that was changing was that now you had a health insurance yeah. situation that 
you I could, could not have to be pull the plug out. on Peter when he was like 80 years old and I was pushing his wheelchair. And I, and I think also I couldn't have at that age, you know, around 25, 26, Peter was facing much different choices than I was. Like I was going to hit his age in 27 years. And by then he would be well, you know, upper 70s, 80s. And so for him, making the decision to get married was a far bigger risk that that older me, now 32-year-old me, couldn't have also understood at the time where once we started to get divorced, I realized how painful it was for him for different reasons. Like he was concerned that getting divorced a second time into a younger woman made him look like a fool. Yeah. And I never wanted that for him. And that's not what it was. But from the outside, people say, well, what? that's what you get for getting a young girl, Pete. You know, and that's hard for him because then he's older and the idea of him starting over again, he's, he's now eight years deeper and who's going to, you know, is he going to get a third marriage? Is that going to seem ridiculous to people? And yes, because there's that weird perception of like, oh, you got to the point where he was too old for you and then you had to find somebody. Yeah, like this weird thing that like could come off as a certain way, even though it's like not yeah. the circumstances of what yeah was happening and i don't think he thought of that when he was like yeah let's just get married i mean i think when we talked about it we were at a frankie's in waterbury connecticut that's where we lived and like getting hot dogs and he's like yeah that makes sense like the marriage yeah like the, the air quotes proposal was just like a conversation and then i think we went to target like that's so you two were just like literally just living your regular day to day life and just getting mar- having these major life Milestones. moments happening yeah. in between them. Yeah, like honestly, yeah. And he he was my best friend, and that's why it made sense because we had a, a slew of problems. My my friends in the unseen course behind me would shout like, well, don't forget this. And, you know, okay, that you, you can't leave out these other things because like it wasn't perfect. And I have a tendency to remember the better than I do the worse just personally. Yeah. And so I'd be like, well, he was great. And it's like, mm, no, I mean, you definitely didn't tell anybody you got married. And like, it was a struggle for me. And uh, the couple therapists that we went to, the gym was a big part of our life now that I realize I'm saying these things out loud. We would go to, in the last year of our relationship when I still lived in Connecticut, we would go to a workout session at like 7 o'clock in the morning at this place called the Lion's Den. And then we would drive to couples therapy for like 9 a.m. And she would tell us that she wasn't supposed to, but she would, that we were her favorite because we would make her laugh. And in there, we did. We made each other laugh. And she would say that, you know, a lot of times people come in there and often parts of couples therapy is accepting that you have to break up. Like uh, oftentimes you come in there looking for somebody to give you that final like, yeah, you've done everything. This isn't going to change. So how do we do this without damaging each other more? And she would say to us, 
I think you guys can do it because you still like each other. You still are are happy on some level. You're still laughing. And I've always held to that. We did laugh. We were still fun. And it wasn't enough. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what friends do. Friends laugh and have a good time. And when I I was the one who said, we need to get divorced, I remember I moved out on my birthday, which was not a fun birthday that year. And I was, I was just turning 28. Um, and Peter had, n- I've never seen him cry before. And he cried when I said, this is the right thing to do. And there had been some other events that had happened. Like I found uh, messages from him to another woman that he had been telling that she was beautiful and that, you know, they really enjoyed her company. And he denied any improper doing at the time. And it was just like, well, she's my friend. And I was like, well, I'm also your friend and you don't tell me I'm beautiful, you know. And um, this is... This is a, what a jag I can be. I called him up at work when I found them. This, I probably should regret this because it's like, Courtney, you can do, you can handle yourself better. But I called him up and I said, so do you like have any new friends that you want to tell me about? And he was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, you don't have any like new friends in your life? Just, I don't know, some new beautiful ones that, you know, you'd like to ask over for dinner to hang out with us. Like just some new amazing people anybody just nobody comes to mind and i yeah i did that <laughs> just like really sticking into them that's like, how i roll i mean it's like a fair you know yeah. just and what i realized though like that was painful but what really made me choose divorce was i i looked at peter and i said Would the Peter I knew three, four years ago have done this? And the answer is no, Peter wouldn't, despite the problems that we had, like incompatibilities and issues around, um, never around age, actually, but issues around like his kids and just like things that are like big people problems, like grown up problems. And I was still young. I mean, not that I'm old, but. In your 20s, like, that's a lot to deal with. Like, Yeah, you're signing up for a lot more than... Yeah, teenage daughters. Yeah. yeah. Grandkids. Like, yeah, there was a lot more. The and things that you're just, like, not... Like, literally, you probably never thought that, like, this is something you'd be dealing with at that, like, in your late 20s, ever. right? Yeah. And when I realized that the Peter that I was looking at was not my Peter anymore, I thought, is it selfish of me to keep him? to keep this. And I said it would be selfish because the thing about him is also when he's staring down like at 55, 56 years old and he's staring down 20 good years, but I'm staring down 40, that he wouldn't leave. Now, partly out of a sense of loyalty because that's that's who he is and partly out of maybe some shame and changing when you're older is difficult. Yeah. I couldn't in good conscience keep him there because he wasn't happy and it would be selfish of me, even though I would, and I do 
in different ways, miss him. But he wasn't my Peter. And I said that to him, and we decided to get divorced, and I moved out. He lived in the apartment. I don't know how he did that. I mean, it was technically his apartment because I moved in with him, and he had he kept the cats, Lucille Bluth cat, Buster Bluth cat, <laughs> and Karloff. And then I moved to Brooklyn. And the the difficulties were because we were so friendly that Peter packed me up and he moved me here. My first apartment, not too far from here, Peter drove me down because I didn't bring my car with me and he kept the car in the driveway at the old apartment and helped me sell it. And he moved me in here and he like set up my bed and he took me out grocery shopping and he was like, all right, so you good? And I was like, I guess I have to be. Yeah, like, I'm probably not, but I'm here, and this is happening. Yeah. And that was that was a hard day. Yeah. Um, to be moved by your soon-to-be ex-husband into your new apartment. And we had also, at the same time, said, like, well, can we try to make it work? And we love to do obstacle races together, like Tough Mudders and yeah, Spartan yeah, yeah. races. And shortly before I realized that we needed to get divorced, we had done an obstacle, a Tough Mudder in... English Town, New Jersey, and it was like, buy two tickets now for next year, and it's like half off. And I was like, of course, I love a good deal. Like, yeah, this yeah. makes sense. I'd and be we totally down. We had these tickets for October, and we were getting divorced. My court date was in December, and like the year was passing. And I was like, all right, well, we've got like these two tickets, and I don't like doing the race by myself, and we've always done it. And we did as a soon-to-be divorced couple. The same Tough Mudder together. He came and picked me up. We drove to Jersey, stayed in the same hotel that we stayed in the year before, ran the same race. We stayed in different rooms, but I actually was in the room that we had stayed in the year before. Oh, man. Ran the whole 10-plus mile race together in the rain. And it's like, I'm 5'4", and Pete's over six feet tall, and I'm terrified of heights, so I'm like climbing the 12 foot ladders and he's helping me up and like yeah and for that period of time i forgot that we were gonna get divorced like we i think probably shouldn't have done that uh but we did yeah did it like screw up your brain a little bit of like it is did this screw up. the right thing to do well like- yeah it did and um if you've never gotten divorced in the state of connecticut it is a very white Anglo-Saxon Protestant place still. And to get divorced means you have to show up in court, in person, in front of the courtroom in a judge and profess your divorceness. Wow. And yeah, some places you can just mail that shit in, right? And they're like, yeah, we get it. Like, you really don't need to show up here. But in Connecticut, they they want you to say you've made a mistake. And I lived here in Brooklyn and I had to take the day off from work and get on the train two hours to New Haven. My friend Liz had to pick me up, drive us 45 minutes to Waterbury. And Peter lived and worked in the same town, lived in that same apartment. So he's like, he worked in government. So like he literally just like left his office and walked like two blocks down and was like waiting in the courthouse for me. And, you know, maybe if we hadn't done that Tough Mudder, we would have had some distance between us but and also when we did the divorce 
it's a series of rooms. And so like you get there and you have to wait for like the big court to open. And so we wait and we're just sitting there and it's like, I don't know what to say to you. And like, you're just trying to make small talk. And I was crying a lot. I'm a crier. And you get into the next, the next waiting area and then they have to call your case. And then they say, okay, well then you go to this other courtroom and then they tell you where to go on the, the floor above. And that doesn't start for a little while. So then you're sitting outside and you're waiting again. And then they say, okay, you're in the next courtroom. So then when we shuffle in and it's you and 12, 15 other couples for that morning portion. And each couple gets called up and you have to sit in because someone has to be the plaintiff. The plaintiff generally goes into is a, is a juror's box next to a real robed judge. And they have to be questioned by the judge saying, do you want to get divorced? Like what's going on? And we're, uh, when we made it to that, like the final room, we're still laughing. Like we're making some jokes and like I'm crying and I'm holding it a bay as I best I can. But at the same time, like we're cracking some jokes and we're talking and I'm just like, oh, what? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to you're me. like back to that dynamic at the couples therapist where the, yeah. she's like, yeah, you can make the, you know. You Doing can, the wheelbarrow at the Tough Mudder, yeah. you know, and peace holding my legs. And I'm like, walk, walk, walk. And you have to do like the partner carry. And um, so many things work well. And the courtroom, everybody else is angry. Visceral rage and displeasure and some excitement to some couples where they're like, this is it. Finally, like, yeah. Yeah, like th- it was a real day of joy in some twisted sense. And I'm dreading it. And I am I remember sitting, because you have to sit in the, the front area where like all the other couples are in the clock. And I remember thinking like, how oh, come we didn't get called yet? Ooh, someone else got called. And at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, when you do like an open mic, or a show, and you're like, well, I don't want to go first, but I don't want to go last. Yeah, I want to be somewhere yeah, in the like middle. Yeah, like that nice sweet spot where... Yeah. And I dis- didn't definitely want to go first, and I definitely didn't want to be last. And But every time we dodged a bullet, I was like grateful. It was like, I just had a little more time, but I didn't... I don't know for what. Just yeah. this bubble where we're kind of laughing, and my friend is like sitting in the back trying to just like make sure I'm okay. And then, sure enough, we got called last. Oh. On the day, we sat there for easily 90 minutes to And does two everybody hours. leave once they're at, like, are you, like, the only two left, or no. is everybody still there? They're, they're, they sit back okay. down. It's also truly insane that you just have to watch a bunch of other people get divorced while you're waiting to get divorced. You do. And Peter is also a lawyer. Okay. And he calls our names. It was um, surreal to hear my name being called, and I was like, okay. I'm like, and I didn't, I didn't know what to do, and I... I'd seen everybody else go. So I knew like they ask you to spell your name and state, you know, for the record. And I was so convinced I was going to get my name wrong. And I was like, but I know my name. It's my name. And right before he goes up, because we have to be on the defendant and the plaintiff side, Peter looked at me and he said, no matter what, you have to say, yes, your honor. And when he asks you if you're sure, you have to tell them you're sure. And he's because if the judge thinks you're not sure, he won't let you get divorced today, which is a weird thing. Yeah. And I had not witnessed that, but Peter had, he knew this fact. And I was like, I bet, like, I just have to be clear. And he goes, well, he might just say, like, do you really want to do this? And if you say no, or I don't know, or I'm not certain, he'll then kick it back. And then we have to start this all over again. So you have, we just have to say you're sure. And I was like, okay. 
And then Peter gets called and he has to go sit next to the judge and he has to spell his name out. And the second time in my life that I saw Peter cry was in that box. And oh my gosh, just like a grown man crying. And I was like, I'm part of the reason that he's crying. And then the judge sees that Peter's crying and he's like, well, are you okay? And he's, yes. He said, but you're crying right now. He's, yes. I'm, I'm not sure you're okay. And the irony of Peter being concerned that I wasn't going to be okay, it's not lost upon me right now. <laughs> he said, but, you know, and then he starts to get into his questions and he says, you know, you've come here for divorce today. Yes. Do you sure you want to get divorced? Yes. Are you sure you want to get divorced? Yes. Because I got to tell you, I've seen all of these couples come up here and they looked and sounded sure, but none of them cried. And I'm now crying by myself at the defendant's table. And he goes, and she's crying. And this makes me feel like you're not sure. And for about the next 15 minutes, the judge has to grill Peter of his certainty. And he just looks at me like, I have to do this to you. And I, yeah, I guess you do. And the whole time, though, I'm now thinking, am I sure? Because... I don't know, this guy doesn't know us, but he seems to think that perhaps we're not. And Peter doesn't seem really solid on it right now, despite the fact that he's in a totally different relationship. And I think happy. I don't, I don't know. This is, this is not how I thought it was going to go. And then the judge finally accepts Peter's certainty where he essentially has to just say like, I don't love her. I don't want to be with her. I want this divorce today. Get us out of here. He then has to ask me all the same questions. Because the judge is not convinced we're sure. And that I have to do the same thing to him. Yeah. And it's a painful 30 minutes. We, we by far gone 27 minutes longer than anybody else in that room. And he finally grants us the divorce. And they take you into a hallway where you have to wait to sign a piece of paper that like just solidifies just what you've done in there. And I'm just, oh, I am so exhausted. And Peter says, you know, like, It'll be okay. And I felt like that was the last time ever that I was going to see him or talk to him. And I didn't know what to ask. So um, I just asked him if the cats were okay. <laughs> like, they're good. But I really wanted to ask him, like, a ton of other questions. And um, the woman, the bailiff, comes out and we sign. And the only thing that I wanted to ask him was if he hated me. And he said, no, I could never hate you. I hated myself so much that I wanted him to hate me so I wouldn't be alone in the hating of Courtney. And he gave me a hug and he said, it's going to be okay. And I was like, but I hate myself. And I used to believe you that it would be okay because like you're the person that makes things okay. I I don't know what to do. And he left and I was like, oh, I'm divorced now. Like it just and it just happens so quickly in that like Yeah, after going through all of those minutes of like answering yeah. all these questions and going through all of that and then all of a sudden it's just divorced. like sign a paper, you're gone. Done. Yeah. Get back on a train and go back to Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. And I I for a long time genuinely hated myself because I yeah, you, you started this whole kind of process in a way, right? Like, because you were yeah. the one who said, like... I, I did. Yeah. 
and also like, I was like, well, if we, if we hadn't gotten married, would we have been okay? I needed something. And I couldn't until that moment really accept the gravity of what had just been undone that, that, that lack of evidence. And now I've got a piece of paper that says, yeah, my, this is your whole culmination is this right here. Yeah. Um, and I just went home. I drove back 45 minutes and I took a two hour train ride and I came back to Brooklyn. Um, and I lost a friend. Yeah. Have you seen him or talked to him since? I have not seen Peter. We talked. Now, this is a weird thing um, because I like, I don't want to say that it's a fantasy because it's not like a, ooh, sexy fantasy or like <laughs> the way people like have great ones. But I, but I wondered after getting divorced, like Peter is older than me. I was like, I will, like if Peter dies, do I go to the funeral? Like I had like these weird thoughts where I was like, well, he's older than me. Like, do I, do I have a place? Like all of these strange thoughts. And Peter's father was still living when we got married and we got divorced. Um, Hugh. And I had wondered, like, well, if something ever happened, like, do you, what? What's my role? What's my place? Like, we we we've been friends, and Peter's father did die, uh, November of 2017, there about some sometime around there, and I called him because I was like, well, that that feels like the right thing to do. And uh, generally, when I talk to Peter, I like suppress crying because it's just the thing that, like, if if I were to. Um, you know, be like, this is your Emmy-worthy performance, like, you know, draw upon the thing. Like, that's the wound I open. And I talked to him for, like, 45 minutes, and I didn't cry that time. Yeah. No, it took four years to get there. And we had a really pleasant conversation. And he was telling me about where he moved to and, you know, how his dad had been. And he quit his job that he hated, and he does photography now, and he's happy. And I was like, are you happy? And he said, yes. And I said, okay. So I feel like I... I did the right thing. Yeah. And he sounded happy. And it felt nice to just be able to talk to him. Yeah, and it feels like you got past the point where you were hating yourself, right? Like it felt like you you could finally say like I'm fine, like I'm okay because he's okay. At least in a way, at least in like some way, right? In some, yeah, like in I know some it's way. Like, yeah, you probably can't fully get away from it, but it's like there's there's a level, right? Of yeah, I'm a definite blamer. Like I'm, yeah, like this is my like I'm I'll always take the blame for something, even if I wasn't on the continent. And in this, I've gotten better at being like, you know what? In I will say that the one of the fairest things that I've learned in that relationship, and I will say of of Peter's loyalty and fairness. When we were getting divorced, he came home from Whole Foods and he brought me a whoopie pie because I love whoopie pies. And he said to me, there are two of us. It's not all your fault. And it took me a long time to believe that. So I think in that way, it feels better. Cause I'm like, you know what? There are, there were two of us. Yeah. It's not all my fault. Now I, I triggered the sequence but there were two of us and that that has helped i think as i've gotten older place it for me 
Yeah, because I mean, and at a certain point, it's like, you, you know, you have to move, you know, you have I to kind of get past it a little bit. And it like, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I miss him. Well, I mean, yeah, it seems like you were so close, right? It's yeah. like that. I think that's that's the hardest thing where it's like you're. Yeah, the. um. I, I wish I had been angry. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it's easier to just be like. It is easier. And we weren't angry. We were sad. I would love to have just an angry breakup where it's just scorch the earth, like yes. so egregious, like just murders every good thought and feeling I had in there and I can be done. But instead I was left with sadness, which is much harder. Oh yeah, it's so much harder to deal with. <laughs> it felt like bookends too because I'd met Peter on like the elevator in the wrong floor and we left each other at the elevator, which was like on the right floor. In a weird way. Like we're in the place that we're supposed to be. Yeah. Both times. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Courtney. Ooh, thank you for putting up with that. I it was not putting up with anything. It was great. See, that's where I get mean to myself. Yeah, it's all of a sudden it's like, God, I hate this. <laughs> this is all awful. Just delete it. No, it was real nice. Click. Um, yeah, if people are do you have like a website or anything if people want to find out more about you or like it's have anything you want to plug? It's my name. CourtneyAntonioli.com plug. I do I do love the Golden Girls. Okay. I do run Golden Girls Bingo here in New York City. Really? I do every month. And I run a Golden Girls YouTube channel with original weekly videos inspired by the Golden Girls, which include like the Avengers Golden Girls or X-Files Golden Girls. I'm doing Rick and Morty soon. <laughs> I rank all the Golden Girls. Wow. You don't have to love the Golden Girls to love it because we do have other geekery. Yeah, because you're, you're like crossovering with some oh, yeah. other stuff. Star Trek. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, but I do that every week. That's pretty cool. I gotta say, I do. It's, it's one of the most fun things that I do. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah, check that out. And uh, thanks so much, Courtney. <laughs> true story i mean it sounds fun it's always good to have something you're into super into (laughs) this is how we love this is how we fight for something that's right love hurts is produced hosted and edited by brian berlin theme music by mickey hommel Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. <laughs>